Hello and welcome to the CEU Medieval Radio podcast. This is the radio that looks at everything medieval. I'm Karen Calver and an alumna of the Cultural Heritage Studies Programme, which is part of the Department of Medieval Studies at Central European University. For my master's thesis, I researched heritage volunteers in Hungary, and this gave me the opportunity to meet and work with many brilliant people who are heritage volunteers here in Hungary. This podcast is about one such group, the Friends of Sadvar Castle. Sadvar Castle is a wonderful 13th century castle in the Agtelek National Park in the north of Hungary, very close to the Slovakian border. It stands on top of a steep hill 460 metres high, which gives it a secure position and views across the surrounding hills and valleys. To make this podcast, I spent a week in early August 2020 with the friends of Sadvar Castle as a volunteer excavator. Talking to other volunteers there, I learned about the history of the castle, from its first construction to defend against invasion, to when it was besieged, finally destroyed, and eventually almost forgotten. I also met a group of brilliant people who have formed the Friends of Sadvar, who research and work to preserve the castle. This podcast is their story. I have called this podcast Sadvar Castle, its foes and its friends. We are on a very steep path in the early morning sunshine in Hungary. I'm with my friend Janos Dobosz, who is a member of the Friends of Sadvar. Hello, Janos. Hello, hi there. Hi. I wonder if you could tell us where we are and what this place is generally. Okay, so we are here in the, on the south side of the mountain uh, or the hill which uh, holds Sadvar Castle actually and, and the remains of it. This leads up to the castle which now is more like a ruin. But in the Middle Ages it was much more important for the people living here. So first of all, it was the center of this land, this, uh, this area, defending a very important road, which was leading from Miskolc to Kasha or, or even to Poland. And uh, in the Middle Ages, of course, it was used much more frequently. So it was, it was again a very important trading route as well. So after the Mongolian invasion, Hungarians decided to build stone castles. Why was it after the Mongolian invasion. This seems counterintuitive to me. Okay, so before that, Hungarian people didn't really use stone as a, as a building material. Mm-hmm. Probably because wood was much more available or easy, easy to use, and uh, they were building these wooden fortresses for their defensive purposes. But when the Mongolians came, they just burned them down, so it, it oh. didn't really work to defend the people, and the many people, of course, died. And so after that, the resigning king uh, made a decision that stone castles can and should be built all over Hungary. So was this one of the first castles to be built? Well... Could be. <laughs> we don't know exactly okay. when it was built. The first mention is from the end of the 13th century, so that matches this time because the Mongolian invasion was in the first half of the 13th century. And then uh, later, it, uh, during the, the centuries, uh, during even the Osman invasion, it was kind of a, 
attacking zone between the different parts of the divided Hungary that time. So the, the castle was built more and more stronger, okay. had to be built stronger. We are standing on this very, very steep pathway which is leading up to the castle and uh, actually this is kind of a challenging part of the, the saving the castle. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, right? So it's not on the, on the plane, so it, you cannot come up by car. You have to climb up and you have to use your feet really to get to the castle. But it's a long, long walk upstairs. But when you're up, it's really, really nice and the, the view uh, giving you back. <laughs> well, even the view from here is spectacular when we're about <laughs> two-thirds of the way up. Let's go on up to the castle. Oh, a little bit further up, we are now very close to the castle actually and uh, just below the walls, like 50 meters below. And uh, we are right now standing on the devil steps, which leads, to, uh, leads up to the castle. In some places you can see it's very shiny and uh, that's because many, many people for hundreds of years were using these steps. And we can see on this way, let's say again, the, the carriage tracks. So you could actually measure the size of the, the wheels for, from the carriage. So it's really something we can find probably not everywhere. So that's the dents on either side of the road where it's dented about six or seven centimeters wide right. with a smooth edge. Yep. And you can see it running quite a long way along. Right, so probably you can imagine it was not like a few years when these tracks were appearing here, or, but probably a very, very long time. And even though we have now the, or they had even in the Middle Ages a pulley system uh, in this castle, which is also kind of a unique or was unique at that time, but still they had to use this road uh, on the south side of the hill for centuries. Gosh. To me, looking at these tracks, it feels like I could be touching the people, touching their carts, touching their oxen. They're still here. Mm, That's yeah. how realistic it feels. Yes. Marvellous. <laughs> so, let's go on up to the castle. Okay. So, having got our breath back, this, you say, was the gatehouse. Can you describe it, please? Okay, now, so we are in front of the former gatehouse. Not much remaining, but let's say, or what, what is remaining now, it's under construction. As you can hear, probably some sounds uh, of, the, of the workers. So that's, that's what we can hear now. And basically this gatehouse uh, was used in the latest period of the castle because this is attached to the outer bailey, outer castle. And uh, earlier there was a former gate when this outer structure was not even built yet. And uh, there was uh, what we call like a, a wolf's pit with spears, pointy spears down the bottom of the pit originally. So there was a wooden bridge above and if they lifted the bridge, of course, it was almost impossible to enter the castle. That sounds pretty dangerous. Well, that was the point. The main function was to defend the people, to defend the valuables of the Lord and, and of course to 
to accommodate the, the soldiers who would defend the road, which was running down downhill, let's say, next to the castle. Ah, right. So it was basically a military point. Exactly. Right. So was the castle ever attacked? Yes, at least once. And it was even, uh, it, even given up, but only once. Gosh, that's impressive. Okay, let's come back to that story later. Sounds interesting. Okay, let's do that. And now let's go on into the castle. We've come through the castle walls and up through the middle part of the older castle and we're now standing on the edge of one of the walls and I can look out over the scenery in front of me. It is spectacular. We are on the top of the world. We are surrounded by great big hills covered in trees. It's all dark green and misty and right below us is a big valley with lots of farms and villages throughout it. Janos, is this why the castle was here? Well, of course, yes. So the defensive function works best if you can see your enemy, right? So that was the main reason why they built these uh, castles on the, on the top of the hills. And here especially we can see the whole valley. Well, actually not the whole, and that's another sidestep, let's say, here that there is another hill just in front of us, which we call the Old Castle Hill, because probably there was another fortress on that. There are signs of it. There are trenches and, and some structures there. And from there, you can see actually the, the whole uh, valley very oh, well. So would that be before this castle or afterwards or at the same time? Uh, well. We're just guessing as well, so nobody really knows. Based on, let's say, the, what people say, there was an old castle there, and after that probably this, this building was built here. But for sure that was not made of stone. And which valley of the two, three I can see is the road through Slovakia? Well, it's just in front of us. Uh, the road was coming actually from the, from the village in front of us, and through Kotukasha and to Poland. This was the this was the shortest way between Miskolc and Kasha. And for that centuries. was a big trading route. Well, of course, yes. At that time, it was. Gosh, so this castle actually dominated the trade and could look out for any invaders coming. Exactly. Yes. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Let's wander on round the castle. Let's do that. I've now come to meet Tamas Satmari, who is one of the founder members of the Friends of Sattva. He's kindly agreed to give us a guided tour of the castle. Hello, Tamas. Hello, Karen. Tamas, you are known within the Friends of Sattva as the person who has researched the castle more than anyone else, and you know more about it than anyone else. Please, can you tell us about the castle? Szeretel üdvözlöm a rádió hallgatóit. 
a számomra szádvár az nem holdköveknek a halmaza. Welcome listeners to the radio program. For me, Sadvar is not just a huge pile of stones. I try to imagine what it looked like in its heyday. Unfortunately, it is now in ruins, but based on archive sources and using information about other castles, we can imagine what the structure looked like in medieval times. So, Thomas, can you tell us where we are now and what we're looking at? Igen, a Külsővár udvarán még megemlíteném a nagy cisztenát, amiben az esővizet... This is the courtyard of the outer section of the castle, and this was the last part of the castle to be built. There is a stable on the northern part, where the cavalry kept their horses, and there is also a cistern, where they collected and stored rainwater for the horses. Next to us is the Listabastia, or grain tower, where they stored grain and flour in sacks. In the lower part of the tower there were cannons, while on the upper floors was the grain store. We must remember there were not always wars. Times of peace were far more common than times of war. The towers did not only have a protective function, but were used as a storage for a variety of goods. So you say this is the flour warehouse where they kept the grain and the flour to make foods. How do you know that? It is true that the castle is in ruins, but there are archive records. Historically, when somebody was given a castle by the king, the new owner's staff went from room to room and bastion to bastion and made inventories of what had been left behind in the castle by the previous owner. It is stated in one inventory that this bastion held bags of flour. And from these inventories we also know that one tower in the outer section was used to store lime cement, presumably for building or repairing the castle. From this outer courtyard we can go through a wide gateway to the middle courtyard of the castle. Originally this gateway was protected by a three-floored round tower, which dates from the Middle Ages. The original ground level of the tower was much lower than what we see today, and to excavate it, we will need to dig down through three or four meters of rubble. Maybe this is a future excavation project. The archives showed that on top of the gate tower was a huge clock which was destroyed in 1608. We can't know for sure what destroyed the clock, as there was no war in 1608. But based on archive evidence, it is assumed that the clock mechanism broke and the clock was destroyed because it no longer worked. We haven't dug up the remains of the clock yet. We've passed through another gateway in the inner wall and come into another part of the castle. Tamash, where are we now? We are standing in the inner castle, which is the oldest part of the castle. Fortunately, from archive material, we know the functions of the different parts. For example, in the northern part of the inner castle were the domestic functions, the kitchen and the food stores, and we excavated those two years ago. We had assumed that in the kitchen we would find various utensils, such as knives, bowls and forks, etc., but sadly there was nothing. Although the place was recorded as the kitchen in the archives, and it is quite close to a building called the Esterhazy Palace, where the Lord and his retinue occasionally stayed and had their meals served to them. This part of the castle also contains several underground structures. The one we are standing next to was the original water cistern. You can see it is about five meters square, very deep and lined with stone. The castle was built on a 460 meter rocky hill, so to dig a well for water was not possible. They had to dig a cistern, line it with stone and then collect rainwater from the roofs of the buildings, which drained through wooden channels into the cistern. And this is the water that was used for drinking. 
Ez very ecologically friendly, isn't it? <laughs> Igen, és akkor még nem volt a környezetszennyezés, úgy, mint nap. Uh, yes, the rainwater was clean enough to drink, as there was no pollution due to the lack of oil. We haven't excavated the system yet. At the bottom there might be a piece of a water jug, or even the water-carrying girl. Just across from the system is another very big cellar, which was the food storehouse of the castle in the medieval period. At one point the castle had about 200 inhabitants, so a huge room was needed to store the provisions for all of these people. This cellar is almost 10 meters long and 6 meters wide and again is lined with stone. And as it was below ground level it stayed cooler than the surrounding areas and was used as a medieval fridge to keep the food and wine cold. We've moved over to an amazing looking bastion. It's semicircular with windows that's facing north. It sits on top of one of the steepest parts of Sadvar Hill with a wonderful view over two deep valleys. The walls must be three, four foot thick. That's a meter to a meter and a half, 20 foot high, made of the beautiful stone that we get everywhere here. And there's a reconstructed platform within the bastion. Tamás, can you tell us about this bastion? Most Szádvár északi oldalán vagyunk, ahol a Szádvárét baráti kör által felújított csonkabástya we are looking at the northern bastion, which is called the Chonka Bastia, or incomplete bastion. This has been partly restored. The windows we see on the lower part were for cannons, and on the upper part, which is not there anymore, was a circular walkway used by the soldiers as a watchtower to protect the castle. When this part of the castle was built in the late 14th century, cannon were not used here, so all the cannon placements we find were constructed later. As happened elsewhere in the world, after the castle was destroyed in 1686, people from the local village reused some of the stones to build their own homes. Would you call this theft, or an early example of recycling? For our last stop on the tour of the castle, we've moved a few paces to the south, to a very large cellar that's currently being excavated by volunteers of the Friends of Sadbal. So far, not finished excavation, but it's already two metres deep and getting deeper, and ten metres long. Tamás, please, what is it they are excavating? Ez a gödör ezelőtt 300 évvel a várbeli katonák egyik kedvenc tartózkodási helye volt. Here is a section of the castle which, from the archives, we could tell was the place which was most popular with the soldiers. This was the pub where the soldiers could spend their pay on alcohol. As we can see, it was partly underground to keep the wines cool in summer and to stop them freezing in winter. As you said, the Friends of Sadvar are excavating at the moment, working under the direction of the regional archaeologists, who survey the surface layers and identify the area to be excavated. The Friends then loosen the ground with pickaxes and remove the topsoil. They are then able to break up the lower levels of soil to reach the archaeologically more interesting layers. As it is removed from the soil, it is sieved for artifacts and checked by the professional metal detectorist before being put on one side. Tomasz, thank you so much for showing us around the castle. It's been absolutely fascinating. Nagyon szépen köszönöm a hallgatóknak, és remélem mindenki el tudta képzelni, hogy milyen volt egy középkori vár élete. Thank you everybody for visiting the castle, and I hope that everyone now has an idea what a Hungarian castle looked like in the Middle Ages.
The friends of Sadva are excavating on one of their bastions. And while we were just talking to Tamash, one of the excavators came up and said, Wow, they've just found a tunnel. So let's talk to him and find out what the tunnel is and what it's all about. Eric Feyer. I am a volunteer, but my uh, civil proof, military judge, but I like work in the castle every summer. And this year there are in the castle many new projects, but I following Hungarian. <laughs> Eric told me there's been a story, a local myth in the village, that some people when they were children thought they saw a tunnel leading from the inside of the southwest tower to one of the cellars, which is a distance of about 25 metres from the tower to the cellar. This is the tower that is being excavated. And they've just found the entrance to a tunnel. So the story might be true. Hey, good discovery, guys. Good discovery. Between recording this podcast, I have also been working on the southwestern bastion as a volunteer with the Friends of Savar. As Tamash said, it is the oldest part of the castle, and like other Sadvar bastions, the southwestern bastion is perched on the top of a very steep part of the hill. The main path to the castle passes about 20 foot below. It's so close you can hear people talking on the path below. It is a brilliant defensive position. The top of the tunnel is about two metres below the outside ground level where we started excavating. And during the week we cleared a trench to the tunnel entrance so that a man could crawl inside. Well, a brave man that is. Scrambling round the bastion, digging through packed earth and shoveling soil out of the trench, finding the walls seeing what was there, all under the August sun. It was hot, it was hard work, and it was so exhilarating. We're now in the middle of Sadval Castle, watching the friends of Sadval Castle working really hard. I know it's hard work because I've just been doing it. I've now come to meet Victor Gall, who is one of the regional archaeological teams in Miskolc in northern Hungary. Welcome, Victor. Hello, Sziasztok. Victor, could you describe your role in relationship to Sadvar Castle, please? Az én szerepem Sadvári Vár my role in the excavation of Sadvar Castle is overseeing the professional guidance of the excavation as an archaeologist. I also manage the documentation both on the field and in the regional museum in the weeks and months after the excavation. The museum provides archaeological supervision of the various earth-moving tasks at the castle. They are not necessarily excavations, but earth is being moved on the site and it needs to be supervised. I also maintain a good professional relationship between the museum and the friends of Sadvar. The link between the professional authority of the museum 
and a civil society organization. This relationship started in about 2005, when the Friends of Sadvar approached the museum and the relevant authorities proposing to work together to excavate and maintain the castle. You are now working here with anything up to 25 volunteer archaeologists. What's it like working with volunteer archaeologists? It is a considerable challenge, both at the professional and a physical level, to coordinate many volunteers on two different places in the castle, to construct the different phases, to have everything happening from Monday and finish on Friday, and to get everything documented is a lot of work, but really worthwhile. It is physically hard, as well as it is hot, and we need to keep moving and monitoring the work. It is a lot. I think you were the person responsible for planning the excavation this year. What we do, what we're looking for, is that correct? And what were your plans for the year? Yes, this is correct. I was responsible for making the professional program. We developed the plan specifically for this week with the Friends of Sadvar, including their ideas whenever possible. This year, we are partly continuing the previous excavation of the cellar, and we have added the southwestern bastion, as requested by Friends of Sadvar, who relished the challenge. We divided this task into two parts. This year, we are working on the eastern half of the bastion, with 12 to 14 people. Victor, please, can you describe what has been found, both in the cellar and in the bastion? Yes, this cellar that is being excavated is approximately 6 by 4 meters, and we have excavated about one-third of the cellar on the entrance. We took off the top layer of soil, which was hard, with lots of rocks and mortar in it. We have found the original walking level. And it is interesting that in previous years we found many stove tiles and thought the cellar had a stove. But as we have not found the foundations for a stove, we now think these tiles were probably stored in the attic above the room. And when the structure collapsed, the tiles fell into this room and got buried. If they were stored, this could also explain why they appear to be as new unused and not part of a structure. Apart from that, we found an average amount of ceramic chards, some waste from food consumption, a few nails, probably from the roof, and one 17th century Polish coin. The bastion is a more interesting story. There was a survey of the castle in 1965 that suggested the bastion was polygonal and indicated an entrance to the cellar. A later geological survey in 2006 showed it was circular. This week's excavation has confirmed it is circular. The walls are one and a half meters thick and were covered in a lot of soil since the bastion was destroyed. The volunteers started excavating at roughly the first floor level of the bastion, and there are probably three to four meters to go down to the walking level of the ground floor. They have also found a place for a cannon on the south side of the bastion. This overlooks the path to the castle gate, so is a good place for a cannon. 
In addition, the volunteers found a very interesting item. They found what seems to be an entrance to a room or tunnel, as was indicated in the 1965 survey. I had been a bit skeptical about the existence of a tunnel. Why should there be a tunnel under the level of the castle courtyard? And normally, when underground structures collapse, they leave signs of that collapse. But there were no such signs with this tunnel, giving no indication it was there. So why was it there, and why hadn't it collapsed? The part that has been excavated was full of soil, but no rocks, consistent with lack of collapsing. So maybe we can even find a room at the end of this tunnel. And are you happy with what we found? Igen, mindenképpen örülök az idei eredményeknek. Yes, I am very happy with this year's results. We have made huge progress on the excavation of the cellar behind us. We confirmed the ground plan of the southwestern bastion and found some very interesting things in it. To find a room that seems to lead somewhere but we don't know where poses considerable and very interesting professional and technical challenges. For example, how to safely excavate this potential cellar, and then how to conserve it. What do you think the plans will be for next year? A jövőre vonatkozóan, hát szerintem az Egyesület szeretné a Next year, I think the Friends of Sadvar would like to excavate the other half of this bastion, and we will continue with the conservation works of the now exposed walls. We will have to develop a long-term plan for the conservation of the now excavated walls. We would like to go on with the excavation of the cellar, and maybe even find a function for this room. And if more volunteers come, for example 50 to 60, then naturally we can open new archaeological trenches. The stove tiles found in the cellar were interesting. The group working there found one that was in perfect condition, about 20 centimetres square with a strongly indented naturalistic pattern, dark green in colour and with a high glaze. One of the volunteers noted, like Victor, that these tiles were unused and they had probably been ordered and made in case any broke during installation. I have recently bought tiles to renovate my bathroom at home. The workman told me to order a few extra tiles in case any broke during installation. It seems that some things don't change at all. Vig de Gaal, the regional archaeologist, mentioned that volunteers have found a cannon placement in the southwest bastion. I now have the opportunity to talk to the two guys who made this discovery. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, you're part of the voluntary archaeologists here. Uh, could you please introduce yourselves? Hello, I am Bela Kirai from Torna, and I am a volunteer in Torna Castle too, and in, now in Sadvar for two days. Hello, my name is Robert Surovec. I am a volunteer too. I am from Slovakia, from Torna, uh, and uh, we are a part of a civic or organization uh, named Castrum Torna. Great. 
And I believe you actually found something quite interesting here on one of the bastions that we are working on this week. Uh, we find the hole, which is uh, maybe a hole uh, for a cannon, for uh, firing, maybe. Yeah. We hope we do it is a cannon. Yeah, it is a loophole, right? Yeah. It is a loophole, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is, it is very interesting. It is a loophole on a bastion. bastion. So you've come all the way from Tornai down to here in Hungary. Uh, you're obviously castle enthusiasts, but why from Slovakia? Uh, so this castle is a brother or sister castle uh, of our castle. Uh, it was a situation in the past. Uh, our castle, castle of Torna and the castle of Sadvar uh, was always in contact. They have a, a very good relationship. I think in a in a past, uh, so uh, uh, we would uh, like to help to to this group here in in Sadvar. They found a cannon placement in the southwest bastion. That's the same bastion as the tunnel that Eric told us about. In just a few days of excavation on this bastion, we have cleared and identified the walls of the bastion the tunnel from the interior and the cannon placement over the path to the castle. Wow, this really is being a brilliant week here. It's now the middle of the day and we're taking a break in the shade. This gives me the opportunity to talk to other volunteers about their views of the week so far. Hello. What do you think of the week so far? Because I know you've been uh -huh. here before. <laughs> Fordítasz. <laughs> szóval azért, azért sikeres, mert egy olyan helyet ástunk meg, amit már mindenki nagyon várt, mert a, a falusban halott legendák. Jönji said that the week was very successful, maybe the most successful in the eight years she'd been volunteering at Sadvar. She thought this was due to the archaeological finds, particularly in the bastion, with what looked to be a tunnel below it. Like Eric, Jonji noted that elderly people in the village had talked about a tunnel, and it felt good to link a real find with what seemed to be a local legend. When I asked Jonji if she thought the Friends of Sadvar was important, she said, yes, it was, as it brought together a well-assembled team of people who, of their own free will, worked to conserve the castle and discover its history, and that this was quite unusual in Hungary. Hello, can I ask, how do you think the week is going? Is it successful? I'm Kovács Lajos, and I'm working on the government for 2013. I am Leos Kovács, and since 2013, I am the director of the Friends of Sadvar. Én azt gondolom, hogy ugyanaz fogom válaszolni, mint a többiek. Nevezetesen azt, hogy ez a hét ez mindenféle szempontból egy egy eredmény. I think I will say what everybody else has said that this week has been a very fruitful week so far. We have achieved significant results. For example, the work on the southwestern bastion has produced great results. We have uncovered its walls and have discovered a cellar. The other part of the castle we are excavating is the Rosteos cellar, 
which Tamash calls the pub. And we have found beautiful ceramic tiles here. This is where I am working. The professional archaeologists who are directing the excavation are also happy because the ground plan of this room has become clear as we progressed. In the evenings we have enjoyed really good presentations on a range of subjects related to castles and archaeology. In short, the week is perfect. Everybody is happy and in a good mood. Lajos, you have obviously been coming to Sadvar since the Friends started. Why do you think it's important? And what keeps pulling you back to this wonderful castle? Well, that is harder to explain because I got involved gradually and ever deeper. Before we used to go hiking and then slowly would go hiking specifically to see a castle. And then we met the group who became the friends of Sadvar on the internet. Now it would be hard to imagine my life without this project. Lajos, thank you for your time in speaking to us. Thank you. During the first part of this podcast, we heard some of the history of Sadvar Castle, seen round parts of the castle, and I've talked to several members of the Friends of Sadvar. We will now take a short break to hear some more of the great music from the Hölenenek band. When we come back, we will learn more of the history of the castle and how the Friends of Sadvar got started. And you never know, there might even be more archaeological finds to report. Welcome back. This is Karen Culver for the CEU Medieval Radio. And in this podcast, I'm exploring Sadvar Castle, its foes and its friends. We've been up at the castle all day, which is situated on the top of a steep hill with commanding views of the surrounding countryside. We've now returned to the village of Sugliget, to the tourist house where we're all staying. 
It's mid-evening, growing dark. I can hear the crickets chirping. A few dogs are barking. And in the background, people are gathering round the fire, quietly talking to spend a pleasant evening. I'm here with Janos Dobosz and Vicky Michai, who is a friend of Sadvar Castle and lives in the village. They have agreed to tell me about the time the castle was attacked and taken. Hello to you both. Hello. Janos, we were talking about the siege of 1567. Please, what happened? <laughs> okay, so let's go back to that time when... Uh so this area was an attacking zone, let's say, between three pieces of uh, the divided Hungarian kingdom. The actual northern part was under the Habsburg influence, and the southern part was uh, the Osman Turkish influence and Transylvania as the third party. So this uh, lord of the land of Sadvar was using this position because basically uh, his land was just in between these three powers so he had to use the politics he had to use this kind of uh, playing with the alliances between them the lord of sadvar castle at the time that was lord bebek right exactly yes okay Please do go on. Please tell us more. So that's the situation when uh, Svendi Lazar, the captain from Kosha, actually started a military campaign in 1566 and he didn't quite finish it that year. And when he realized that Georgi Bebek was in prison in Istanbul and not here in the castle, in January 1567, he attacked the castle. In January? That yes. must have been really cold. Exactly, and I think it was not expected. Okay. Yeah, because usually these campaigns were done in the summer or, or in the autumn, and then they stop. But this was the time when uh, only his wife was at home here in Sadmar. So that was an interesting part of the siege. It took almost two weeks, and at least we know that for four days it was heavy cannoning, which created quite a damage in the building. But at the same time, Zsófia Patochi, the wife, kept the defenders in good condition and she made a very good deal with Schwendi. This was, let's say, a heroic act from her side. Vicky, would you like to add to this? Because you actually live here in the village. Yes, I would like to add something. Jofia seems to all of us as a strong, brave, resilient woman that everyone can regard as a fine example. As Jano said, her husband, Lord Bebek, was in prison in Istanbul when the castle was besieged. Maybe the attackers thought it would be easy with Lord Bebek away. Jofia organized and led the defense of the castle for two weeks. She then negotiated with the attackers to allow all the people in the castle to leave without being hurt and take their possessions and their valuables with them. It is very rare that a woman is this brave and resilient, particularly in the 16th century. She is an example for us and we are very proud of her. For the 450th anniversary of the siege, the Friends of Sadvar organized a siege day, which was really successful. Related to this, the village thought, why not honor Jofia by erecting a statue for her? After a year of raising money, the project was successful, and now her statue stands in the middle of the village. It is important for the village's life and identity. For example, the village has named the Center for Social Support after her, Patochi Jofia Diakonal Center. So after the siege, 
Sophia left with all the castle defenders and their valuables. So what happened next? Okay, so, well, the next few hundred years, I should say, uh, was, was more peaceful, but, but of course in the history of the castle it's also an important part because basically that was the time when, well, first of all, there was a, an ambiguous time when, when it was not clear who was the owner of the castle. There were people or families suing each other. But after all, uh, it was uh, owned by the king, and uh, after this, the castle was used by families who rented or used for their uh, uh, economic purposes or even fending their, their land. So one of the most prestigious families uh, in Hungary was also owner or renter of the castle, the Asterhazy family. And during that time, some buildings were also erected. That's why we call some parts of the castle Asterhazy Palace. Well, after that time, it was the end of the 17th century, 1686, when it decided in Vienna that the castle needs to be destroyed or at least abandoned. And that time, all the valuables are removed. Probably it's burnt down, that the Hungarian rebellion couldn't use it for their own purposes against the Austrian power, which is ongoing in that time, of course. And after that, basically, the, the castle has become abandoned, not used by anyone. It's worn, it's, it's ruined by the weather. After the First World War, it becomes a borderline area, which means that practically nobody can come here, nobody can go to the castle. And especially in the 1968 Czech Revolution, when, when Hungary attacks Czechoslovakia, at that time it becomes a military zone, uh, which means that it's almost forgotten and, and really nobody is coming here. And the next, next part of the story, I should say, is the Friends of Sadvar in 2006, when some enthusiastic people over the internet are chatting about doing something, something good, to save a castle or at least a part of the Hungarian heritage. And the Hungarian heritage being saved is probably the most interesting part of the whole story. This evening, Lajos Kovács, the chair of the Friends of Sadvar, has agreed to tell us how the Friends got started and how they have managed to do so much to rescue the castle. I'm sitting here out in the grounds to the guest house where we're staying, and with me is the chairman of the Friends of Sadvar, Lajos Kovács, and we now have the chance to talk to him. Hi, Leosh. Good to meet you. We've been working with the friends of Sadvar Castle for a few days now, actually up at the castle, and when I'm not recording, I am also digging dirt and trying to find out where the walls are. So, please, how did the friends of Sadvar Castle get started? Where did this wonderful idea come from? Hát, fehér asztal mellett, de a történet a következő. 2004-2005-2006 környékén többen folyamatosan csatlakoztunk egy Várak, Váromok nevű fórumra az egyik internetes portálnak. Well, the story goes like this. Around 2004, 5, 6, 
I found an internet forum called Varak Varamo, Castles and Ruins, with lots of posts. Following this, I met Tamash Satmari. As we live in the same city and as I knew he loved castles, I mentioned the internet forum to him. Tamash promptly joined using his nickname, The Great Castle Friend. After that, more and more of us joined this forum, a big percentage of the founding members, although Tamash was the soul and engine of the whole thing. Sometime in the spring of 2006, we saw castles were being rescued in Slovakia and in some parts of Hungary. And feeling a love for our country, we said, let's save a castle and not only talk about it. We considered several other castles, all easier to reach, not so high and better for tourism. Then someone recommended Sadva. We visited it and agreed to see if it would be possible to rescue Sadva. Before that, I didn't know about Sadva at all. And so we began to organize. Our future director negotiated with the local museum, the local government, the forest management agency, the national park agency, and all the applicable groups who were good enough to welcome our interest and ideas. Then on the national holiday of October 23rd, over the long weekend, the members of the Internet Forum came here and met for the first time ever. We were here, and as people knocked on the door, we would say, who are you? And they would give the nickname they used in the Castles and Ruins Forum. And this is how we met. The next day we began working. By 2007 we formed an official association. So that is how we began. It's obviously grown, but how many members did you have at the beginning? Well, our numbers changed, but I think there were over 30 association members, and we had a seven-member leadership too. We were between 30 and 40 people at the beginning. The friends of Sadva, at least from the view of someone partly outside, seems like a very successful organisation that's achieved a lot. In your opinion, how have the friends become so successful? Well, thank you for saying that you're looking partly from the outside. This means that you already feel partly inside, and that feels nice. Why are we successful? As I said previously, one of the founding members prepared the ground for us. We could not have started without talking to all the agencies and asking for their help and advice. Due to this, they have been friendly since the beginning. Even the local government was benevolent towards us, and cooperation with the museum is a given. We always follow all the rules and don't want to trouble with anyone. And we always remember that the association has no legal claim over the castle. We don't own it. We see ourselves as a kind of catalyzer, setting into motion those responsible, and now they accept us. There is very little that's not done for us, if I ask for it, and that feels really good. I know the friends have an excellent relationship with the Regional Museum and Archaeological Service, and you mentioned the good relationship the friends have with all the other authorities. As we have been working, we've seen a lot of major renovations being done by an external company funded by the government under the National Castle Programme. Please, Lajos, 
Do the friends get any financial support from the authorities? And did the Friends of Sadbar get involved in the planning of these major renovations? And what in general is your opinion of the renovations that are being done? Igen, hát azzal kezdem, hogy a nemzeti kulturális alaptól kaptunk általában állagvédelmi pályázati pénzeket, és ezeket meg is kaptuk, ezek az összegek viszont nem. Yes, we have received small grants from the NKA for small conservation jobs. For example, the northern bastion called Chonka Bastion could be conserved during two consecutive years. It was a very nice surprise to be contacted by the National Castle Program as they are interested in our work. We think that it is our work of 10 years that has reached these levels. We had heard about the National Castle Program, so we had thought about a preliminary design of what needs to be conserved and how visitors could access different parts of the castle, for example building a path with interactive modules. We offered this plan to the National Castle Program. We are happy that our ideas are not far from the actual plans commissioned by the National Castle Programme. Mind you, the same architect worked on both sets of plans and the same contractor quoted for the work. How do we like it? Well, we have visited the lower castle and it looks wonderful. And a quality jump from the small conservation works of previous years feels so good. The first rule of the association is that we are working for SADVAR, and if we had even a small influence on the choice of SADVAR for the VAR program, then I can say the association is effective. And finally, what are the future plans for the Friends of SADVAR? Where next? Még képlékenyek, ugyanis az bizonyos, hogy ebben az évben, amíg a várprogram tart, nem. Right now, while the National Castle program lasts, we can't really plan, as they might have plans for us regarding the upkeep of the finished works. The friends of Sadvar are always constrained by limited funds, and as members live all over Hungary, we have limited time we can spend at Sadvar. We make up for this with enthusiasm, energy and a real love for Sadvar Castle. Lajos, thank you for your time in speaking to us. Thank you. Szépen köszönöm én is, hogy érdeklődtök a vállalkozásuk iránt, vagy egyáltalán azt, hogy hogyan működünk, vagy mi velünk a... You're very welcome. Thank you for being interested in our project and our association. We are always very honoured when someone is interested in Sadvar and when our work is appreciated. Thank you. This is the last morning of the excavation and this evening I return to Budapest and leave this beautiful place until the autumn. We are walking up the hill carrying everything we need for the day, including all the water and excavation equipment. There are some people just in front of me and a few more behind and I can hear some others already working on the southwest bastion right above me. It feels kind of companionable, if exhausting.
And there's also a gentle hum of anticipation of what we might find during our final day of excavation. Oh, there's the gatehouse. Just a few meters more to go. Part of the excavation crew at Sadvar Castle is Sultan Vinish, the professional metal detectorist who works for the Hungarian Archaeological Service. Zoltan scans the soil as it is excavated for any metal objects or fragments. He has found a most interesting discovery. Vinis Zoltán vagyok, és a Sadvarét baráti körrel szoktunk itt együtt dolgozni, tevékenykedni ezen a váron. Igen, ez számomra is izgalmas, amikor ilyet találok mindig, mert ez egy ólomplomba, egy középkori ólomplomba, amit általában a posztok tekercsét zárták. Zoltán showed us a lead seal or tag. It is about the size of an adult fingernail and of a type that was clipped to a roll of cloth to prove its authenticity, where the cloth was made, the quality, the quantity. Zoltan said authenticated cloth was sometimes used instead of money to pay wages, perhaps to the soldiers who were working at the castle. The seal has a Polish eagle marked on one side, and this makes sense, as earlier Janosz told us that Sadvar was on a medieval trade route to Poland, and that's where linen cloth was made. So the trading, the money, the tags, it all fits in. Now I will move on and see what else is going on with the excavation and the other excavators. <laughs> First of all, was it a good week? Yeah, it was a very good week. We find beautiful stuff in, in, in the trenches and good people are here. Every time I arrive here, I, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, me too, actually. But what makes this important and relevant for you? So uh, I love castles, I love the heritage uh, of Hungary and in castle we live for our passion. For the castle, for the history, for the heritage and we love to, we would love to know the secrets of the walls and it's, it's, it's good, it's good to be here. Uh, everybody should go there and try to uh, work here for a, for a week. Thank you. going to go on down to the lower castle which Janos Dobosz has offered to show me and explain what is there. At the moment we're standing amongst the trees at the top of a very very long steep pile of steps which will take us down to the lower castle so we'll have a short break while Janos and I make our way down there. We're now in the lower castle, surrounded by trees and walls. The lower castle is also called the Chiga, 
or in English, the snail. Janos, please, can you describe what we see around us and why on earth is it called a chiga? <laughs> okay, that's probably a funny story, but uh, where we are now is the lower castle. And uh, why it's called the chiga in Hungarian? Because actually it's the same word, snail and pulley. In Hungarian it's the same word, in English it's two different words. So it's actually a pulley, it was an elevator system during the Middle Ages. A carriage was pulled up to the castle from this lower castle, which people used for pulling up water, pulling up building materials or wood for the fire, for the heating. And basically this lower castle is a complete defending system because the whole structure is uh, using stones and the natural surroundings very cleverly to defend the, the gate which is down there and which was used to pull the material into the castle. Yes, and I can see that the walls around us, as you say, partially they're, they're natural rock and partially they're man-made walls. Exactly. Again, very thick, solid stone and what, 20 meters high. Something like that, yes. And now yes. we can see, of course, the construction workers build this support around them so that the walls can be conserved. But uh, next year, if you come here, you will see uh, not only the, the walls here, but actually a wooden structure. Uh, which was also part of the, the defensive system. So the soldiers could come up on this wooden walkway and, and of course they could fire from that out of the, of the castle. And it's, it has not only one wall, but actually three levels of defense on the hillside. Uh, the first one is a huge wall surrounding the well, which was originally there. So in the middle, you can see this huge rock with some rope marks, which probably are the signs that it was used to pull up the water from the well. Yes, and on one side I can see a small gateway, doorway almost, about the height of a tall man and quite narrow. But on the side looking up towards the castle, there is a bigger but slightly lower gateway. Is that what they used to bring the goods in and then take the goods on up. Yes, at least we couldn't find any other gate to this lower castle. So most probably that was also, as I mentioned, part of the defense that this small door, I should say, not even gate, couldn't be used for, for attacking it very easily. If you put up a helmet on your head, you probably cannot even <laughs> pass that doorway. And on the other side you can see, a, let's say, a larger entrance uh, or hole right now in the wall because the carriage was probably pulled through this, this other side to the top of the hill, to the higher castle, with all the material or all the water on it. Do you think there was any stonework coming up on the carriageway or was it just dragging it across the soil? We don't know that exactly. Most probably it was a wooden structure or railway, but we don't know yet. The archaeologists found some tracks carved in the stone on the hill. Some places we can identify that, but there was not enough time to remove all the ground from this pathway, so we are not sure how exactly it, it was working or it was, it was used. But we know that at least two horses were on the top of the chiga. We know that because every week somebody from the village had to come up with two horses because they used the, the, the two horses to drive the chiga. Is this a 
fairly common feature in Hungarian castles. No, not at all. It's very unique. I personally don't even know anywhere else here in Hungary a similar system, of course, other than Buda, where there is a 19th century tram going up and down, but uh, not, not in a medieval castle, not like that. We talked about the siege, the siege in 1567. Surely anyone planning a surprise siege could just capture the chiga or capture the trackway, destroy it, and considering it was January, just sit and wait. Wouldn't that be possible? Personally, I don't know if these structures, what we can see today, were there at all during the siege, but I know and what I heard that some dead bodies were thrown into the well uh, during the siege. So the well itself was used. And, and maybe just after the siege, some of the castles we know were uh, fortified, and maybe just after that the lower castle was also fortified a little bit more. We will see more in the future, when there will be more time and more uh, occasion to search and excavate the lower castle as well. Oh, wonderful. I look forward to that one. Janosz, thank you very much for showing us the lower castle, the Chica. Not at all. No problem. We are now winding down the week's excavation, cleaning, packing and tidying away our equipment. When we have gone, Victor Gall and his colleagues from the Regional Museum will make the site safe for visitors and for the coming winter. I will take this opportunity to talk to another fellow volunteer. Hello, please, can I ask, what do you think of Sabo and how is it going? So I think, first of all, I think Sadvar is a, is a magical place. I think it's just so wonderful when somebody comes up here for the first time and sees this massive ruin with lots of hidden little places which, which one can discover for himself or herself. So I think that's, that's just a part of this whole thing, why, why Sadvar is such, a, such an important place. Secondly, I think... Last year we didn't have uh, an archaeological ex excavation, and uh, and then we had COVID mm -hmm. in spring, and I think and people just wanted to get out, and and do something where you're not locked up somewhere in a room, yeah. And I think we also have now the experience. We know how much we can take for a week. It's a short time. It's just five short days. And I think the most important thing is that everybody should have a good time here. So it's, it's not like labor that we do here. It's something that we do for fun and for the good of this place. You mean it's a labor of love? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can say so. <laughs> so why do you think it's important that we are here? As far as I'm concerned, when I joined for the first time, I was looking for a place where I can do volunteering in a proper sense of the word, so giving without expecting anything in return. And, uh, and I think that's just the spirit that we have here and that's why it's important that, that we are here. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you mind if I ask Marty? Of course, please do. What do you think of the week we've had here? Uh, 
very, nagyon jól. He, he, he had a very good time here. Köszönöm szépen! <laughs>
and the Friends of Sadvar Castle, please go to www.sadvar.hu. That's www.sadvar.hu. There, there's lots of information about the castle and about how to get involved, how to help rescue Sadvar and how to become a friend of Sadvar Castle like I am. I'm Karen Culver and you have been listening to Sadvar Castle, its foes and its friends, a podcast on CEU Medieval Radio. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>